You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the shit show. It's New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve, girlfriend. Have you ever been to New Year's Eve parties that actually like hold up to the hype that you've built them up in your head? Sober? I had some rockin' New Year's in Vegas. That was before before, before 2006. I feel like they always just get hyped up so much and then you end up like, you're like, okay, that was fine. Can I be honest? I, as a result of that dynamic, like not living up to its hype, but blah, blah, blah. I actually don't celebrate New Year's Eve anymore. And I haven't for like eight years. And what I mean by that is we will watch the ball drop. Thank God we're on Pacific time. But like we'll watch it on like a small TV or a computer. We're typically with my parents because it's after Christmas and then my birthday is the 27th. And we watch the ball drop and then we watch a movie and we go to bed. We looked at each other eight plus years ago and we're like, we don't even care. Like we don't care about this holiday. I felt like we were just dressing up and doing the thing and going out because it it felt like that's what everybody does and that's what you're supposed to do. And I was exhausted. I'm like, midnight, are you kidding me? I'm exhausted. My my legs are hurting. The heels are hurting. The food's not good. Blah, blah, blah. Merry Christmas. Or no, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, Jesus. I don't even know what day it is. And Happy New Year. And then it was like, I don't know. It just never, like you said, it never was really that fun. But now it's fantastic. Jammies. Mm-hmm. movies, treats, bed. This New Year's Eve, though, we're going to do a few things. The first thing that we're going to do is just by the numbers, give you a couple things from this season. So we want to say thank you so much for tuning in this season. We were listened to. Ashley, how many countries do you think that we were listened to in? Ten? A hundred and three countries we were listened to. Whoa. In season four of The Courage to Change, 103 different countries. I don't know how some of what we say translates. I think that actually that would be the best gift on the planet is if somebody in another country who's translating whatever I'm saying (laughs) would then retranslate back like that. I am sure it is absolutely (laughs) atrocious. In other languages. It's not so great in English, so I'm sure that I'm really good in in other languages. I'm not sure who you are in Bulgaria who's listening to the show, but we appreciate it. We We so appreciate you. we We are on the charts in Bulgaria, Ashley. By the numbers, we also had 57 episodes this season, which is pretty exciting. That means you heard us a lot. You heard us more than once a week at times, which is a lot. We had 30% more downloads than we did in the previous year, which is insane. We really appreciate you all listening to the show and giving us some of your time every week. We really, really appreciate it. So Ashley, Mm. 
I want you to hit me. We're going to talk a little bit about specific episodes. And I kind of wanted to focus on a little bit of what were sort of the, the episodes that hung with you, the episodes that were the most impactful for you. Could you give us your top three most impactful episodes of season four of The Courage to Change? I could probably pick, like I could probably honestly give you like a top eight that were the most impactful, but these are the, you know, what would make it to top three. I think the first would be Sarah Campos. She lost her son. Uh, he was hit by a car and then ended up getting sober. Her story and is just, and and I, I know her, so I see the work that she does to live life, to to be here on the planet given what she's been through. And it's just, it's, imp it's impressive. And she does the work. It's just really incredible and really inspiring. It's hard to listen to. It's hard to imagine as a parent, you know, your heart just breaks. I would say the second one would be Justin White. I was blown away by how well he was doing after EMDR and getting sober and doing the work. That's when I was I was there through the entire thing. And Justin Justin White was the episode with my neighbor who his son drowned in 18 inches of water. I was present, one of the first responders, and he was loaded while that happened and then ended up getting sober a couple of years later. It's just, I mean, him talking about EMDR, him talking about the process of getting well and getting sober. And you're just like, okay, if, if this person can do this, then I need to stop whining about all everything. And, and the power of EMDR, I over and over again, I am struck by how much it helps people. And that that gives me hope personally. The third episode I would say that I took home with me was um, Matthew Bocci, whose father died in 9-11. And he wrote a book about it. And he was molested by his uncle after his father died. Um, his uncle used that access in a, in a you know manipulative way. And that Matthew he came out with it and he pressed charges and he he went through with it and his bravery is just incredible his sobriety got sober and as a result of his sobriety learned that he had a voice he went from being unwilling to talk to anybody about anything to pressing charges and writing a book because every person he told it was such a release it was such freedom that he wanted to continue to experience that. And now he goes and talks to kids in high schools. And that story, the 9-11 thread through all of it, we all experienced that day. And it's like another angle of, of something we were a part of. Everybody, everybody was a part of that in their own way. And listening to someone talk about it and then it was something that I remember where I was and what I was doing. And it, it was an interesting experience. So yeah, if you haven't checked out any of those ones that Ashley's mentioned, I would highly encourage you to go check those episodes out there. I mean, unbelievable. The first one for me, Amy Farnan. That was an mm -hmm. episode that really hung with me. A lot of people have told their story. You know, if they come on the show, there's there are kind of different kinds of folks. There are those folks who have told their story a lot. They know all the details. They know all the story. But 
there are also those stories where it's we're one of the first groups of people who gets to hear it, at least in this kind of space. Like maybe they've shared it in a room somewhere, but just her openness and her vulnerability. And so in her episode, Amy grew up in an Irish Catholic family. She grew up gay and she had kind of always been seeking spirituality. She ended up having a brother who was this really free spirit, this rock climber, this ice climber, and sort of at a low point in her life, they they had this adventure of of trying to find spirituality together. And it was this sort of magical time and they're exploring and they're these far-flung places and they're trying to answer these questions and they're having these deep conversations. And then tragically, he was taken away from her um, and she's she was left in the aftermath. And I think as someone who has some of those same kinds of feelings, to imagine finding that person who wants to do that with you, who mm. who you have that connection with, to have that and feel like it's taken away, I can understand why that would shake somebody to a really significant level. And her story was just so much about having to suppress a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, something about that. I just, we finished that episode and I just felt like I had been right alongside somebody. I just had this really intimate experience with that particular episode and with her story. And I really connected with her. My next pick would be Chris Howe. Chris Howe was a mm. firefighter from yeah. Canada who yeah. had experienced significant PTSD, had lived a life of addiction. Him going from having to lead this double life where he is trying to be a firefighter and trying to save people's lives and he's just destroying his own. He is deep, deep, deep into drugs. It, it's completely ruining his life. It's ruining his reputation in the fire department. And he's going from this super secretive life to he's literally going around built like a PowerPoint presentation that he's presenting to the other firefighters about like, hey, this is me. This is my addiction. This is what I'm struggling with. And by him going first, there were so many other people that said, right, I'm not okay too. And even though I'm supposed to be this firefighter, I'm supposed to be macho and I'm supposed to be fearless and I'm supposed to be all these things. I'm, I don't, I'm not that. And I, mm. I, it took him going first, the bravery that that takes. I can't believe all the things he's overcome and the, and what he continues to do with his voice and his platform and, and all that stuff. The best part of his story is the guy in the bathroom, uh-huh. the like, big burly biker guy yeah. is like comes over to him in the bathroom and it's like gives him his number, you know, and it turns out to be a guy who's sober and in an AA and whatever is trying to help. But I just like I can just imagine <laughs> being like, well, this is going to end really badly. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I mean, when your opening line is, hey, I noticed you. Yeah. Oh, that's what we right, right, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing from eight that he does a better job of describing it. Well, I mean, and by the way, is it so it's not normal for people to just give you their number in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, are you asking me what's normal? No, no, don't worry about it. No, hey, it's not. Okay, good. Because it was like, I... scratch that. And then my last pick is one of our last of the season was with was with Nicole and Joe Ascanio. Um, these were siblings who lost their brother to a fentanyl overdose. It just, it really hurt listening to it because I could just picture this family so vividly. Like I, I felt like I knew this family. I felt like it was the kind of house that I want to grow up in. It just felt like really close and that they all had this really amazing connection and they just really loved each other and leaned into each other. And they, they kept reaching out to each other when they needed help and they, 
we're all there to support each other and to experience a loss like that, especially in a family that is so close, it really stuck with me. If any of those are episodes or ones that you haven't checked out yet, obviously we stand by the whole catalog of Courage to Change, but those are some specific ones that kind of hung with us. But so, yeah, so we, as we're kind of reflecting back on the year, we we did a few things different this year. And one of those was the Q&A episodes, mm. which, which I have to say, um, my wife, you only did it in one episode, but I, you kind of gave it like a Metallica read and you were like... <laughs> Hit you with the Q and A, <laughs> and she listens to the show, which I deeply appreciate. Cassie, shout out to you! But she only hears Q and A episodes in that voice now, so she always sometimes she'll just be walking around the house. She'll be like, "Hit me with the Q and A," which is fantastic. It's the James Hetfield, yep. <laughs> but in the Q and A episodes, we had a listener question, and we did our darndest to answer it. And by we, I mean Ashley, because she's <laughs> the one who's the expert on these particular topics, and I am not. So I I try to act in the role of. Maybe somebody listening who might have a question similar to me, but mostly you're getting some great expertise from Ashley Loeb, Blasting Game. Can I? Okay, another sidebar. This is going to be an episode of sidebars. I, I love bars. <laughs> Front bars, sidebars, sidebars. I've historically been a fan of the bar. <laughs> you know, a lot of shows they have, I've been noticing lately, a lot of shows like have names for their listeners, like the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. I know you listen to that as well. Sometimes they call their, <laughs> they call their listeners creeps, the armchair expert with Dax. Arm with cherries. Arm cherries. So I'm going to float an idea for our listeners. Okay. And you, you tell me what you think. So you're Ashley Loeb, Blasting Game. So I think our listeners should be called earlobes, but spelled L-O-E-B. Okay. <laughs> she loves it. She loves it. Yes. You can, you can tell I've, this is the first time I'm hearing this. Okay. Uh-huh. Is that, is that our, I have to let it like sink in. Right. The earlobes. <laughs> like, not like a big droopy one. You I, mean, know what I mean, we like all the lobes of ears. <laughs> we are, our, our earlobes are diverse. Because, I mean, just think about all the amazing opportunities. Like people could send us pictures in of like their earlobes, you know, or <laughs> this took a turn to the left. There... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I'm talking to the cool Sunday school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, OK, so we're going to do a little game. We had the Q&A's this season. You okay. remember I was talking about that like 10 minutes ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you mentioned you mentioned yeah. you mentioned the Q&A's, okay? We did those. Those were listener questions. Uh, Ashley had time ahead of time for those questions to come up yeah, yeah. with a a well thought out response. In this version of the Q&A, you will be given a prompt right now. And okay. then you have to answer the question okay. in three sentences or less. Okay. All right. My mom found a box of hundreds of scandalous pictures of me from when I was using. Three sentences or less. That's all you get in this particular prompt. My mom found a box of hundreds of scandalous pictures of me from when I was using. See, now I'm going to count my like words. <laughs> you don't have to count your words, just the sentences. Okay. Tell your mom that when you were using, you did scandalous things and you took some photos of it. That's one sentence one. Okay. Apologize that she had to see it and put the box away. Ooh, that's you got in two sentences. Wow. <laughs> Doubters. Bonus points. Yeah, how do I win this game? 
I mean, I don't know. The scores don't mean anything, just like in most games, right? Oh, good. I get a participation trophy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm on step nine, and I need to tell two brothers that I slept with both of them pretty close together. Three sentences. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was like, okay. Uh, three sentences. <laughs> Step nine is we made direct amends to such people, except when to do so would injure them or others. The last part of that is except. Are you starting to answer? No. The first sentence was describing. Okay. Okay. You do not need to tell the brothers you slept with them because that would injure them or others. Nothing good comes from doing that. Ooh, two sentences again. Third <laughs> sentence. Talk to your sponsor. This is our last one. My son's teacher is someone I really screwed over when I was drinking, and she just made the connection at our first parent-teacher conference. Oh, boy. Before the conference starts, pull the teacher aside and let them know that you are now in recovery and you would love the opportunity at another time to make amends to them. Attempt to set a date so they know you're serious and then go and have a proper teacher-parent conference. Ooh. I think I solved it. You solved it. We've got all the answers. All the answers. That you might need. I also think the record should reflect that I can answer something in three (laughs) senses. (laughs) I don't think anyone would believe it if it weren't being recorded. You took the assignment very seriously. You can see how hard it is for me. The effort was incredible. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, and the dog went to the store, period. One sentence. <laughs> I was like, can it be a compound sentence? Let's use a semicolon. All right. Uh, we wanted to take a minute to just talk a little bit about New Year's specifically and some strategies around that. Ashley, do you have any words of wisdom short of just put your pajamas on and go to bed? <laughs> For For people who haven't given up. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about two scenarios. One scenario is you are the person in recovery. The other scenario is that you are going somewhere with a person in recovery. So you're the person in recovery and everybody is drinking and partying. Find people that you are interested in, that you can talk to. Think of questions you can ask. So entertain yourself, basically. Make it entertaining. If you get bored, the desire to drink goes up. So try not to get bored at these parties, however you can do that. Have a mocktail that you want to drink or some sort of drink that is good, that's non-alcoholic, that's special for you. And commit to somebody that you will call them three hours or however many hours into the party, somebody who's sober and let them know, have check in with them. If you can go to the party with someone who's also sober, that is great. Don't be the DD. Don't be the designated driver because that means you have to wait for everybody to leave. And sometimes you want to leave early. It's okay to leave early. It's okay to be done with the party before the party is over. If you want to be supportive of somebody who is sober, ask them how you can be supportive for them tonight. Ask them what they need. Ask them what is a good sign that they may be struggling. So example would be that they might say, if you see me in the corner by myself, I'm probably struggling. If I 
want to leave early, I'm probably struggling or some indicator you ask them what it would look like if they needed help, help them design an exit plan if they need to leave because they're feeling like they might drink or use. Any Alano club, they usually do marathon meetings, which means there's every meeting on the hour all through the night through 2, 3, 4, 5 a.m. If you are connected in a sober group or with some sober friends, ask around what's going on. I've been to lots of sober events for New Year's that were really fun. Everybody there is sober. So it's it's not an issue. So, you know, there are different ways to do it. But I do suggest if you feel shaky about your sobriety, I would not go. I would not go. There will be many more New Year's. Literally, it's just the change from one year to the next. It is not as important as it feels like the rest of the world makes it out to be. And it's okay to skip out because you just don't feel like you're up to going. If you are looking for any more advice kind of around the holidays too, you can check out the Q&A episode that was about how do I help my daughter in her first sober Christmas. You can check out that episode. Some of the things we talk about Christmas or the holidays, but I think a lot of the same ideas apply. So if you want to check that out, that would be swell. Well, okay. So I thought that maybe we could end this episode and end the season the way that so many people over time have ended every New Year's Eve, which is the song Auld Lang Syne. You know this song? You know, they're like, oh, may all fantasies be forgotten. Oh. You know, the song they play is the ball drops. Is that what they play? That's what they play. Yeah. It's called, it's a song called Auld Lang Syne. It's a Scottish song. Basically means like for old times sake, it's like a time to remember people from your past. But if you're like me, I have no idea what the actual words are. Okay. And seemingly from your perspective, you don't know it either. Nope. So what we're going to do is because neither of us know the words, we're just going to kind of make them up as we go. Mm -hmm. So you can, Mm -hmm. you can imagine, you know, you're at this party with us. This Mm -hmm. is like, we're like, Mm -hmm. you know, starting to like, we're getting tired. Like we put away all the food. Like there's no more snacks. We're asking you to leave. You know what I mean? But like in a nice way. So (laughs) like we're going to, we're going to kind of play us out, um, but we don't know the lyrics. And so you don't have to know the lyrics either, but you're welcome to sort of sing along with us as, as we, as we close. Out. Are you going to play the tune? I am going to play the tune. Okay, okay. We'll just do our best. Does that sound good? Let's try it. Feel free to pull this up and you're going to sing along with us. Remember that the point of the holidays and these gatherings is to be connected to the people, not the food, not the alcohol, not the tradition, but to be connected to the people that you love and care about. And we can so often get lost in the food, in the schedule, in the alcohol, in the traditions, and forget about the importance of being connected to the people. You do not have to struggle alone. There are so many people who have been through whatever it is you've been through, believe it or not. Even as crazy and wild as it is, there's someone out there who's had the same experience. So please reach out. We don't have to do this alone. We can help. Please reach out to us. Podcast at lionrock.life.
This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.lionrock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.